Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking everything going on in the world of sports. Join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome to a special edition of the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What is happening, everybody? Thank you for joining us this week. My name is Ken M. Joining me in studio, as always, you know him. He's the co-host. His name is Padawan J. I have a guarantee for you, the listener at home, this will be a more friendly atmosphere than the AEW Media Scrum. Well, to be determined, but I will take that bet 100 million times because we don't have anybody trying to come in the door throwing chairs yet. But with some of the picks that you might hear, that could happen because we have a special guest in studio who is not afraid of controversy, who's not afraid to give you a hot take about his favorite football team and tell you that your team is probably not that good. 607 Podcast family is in the building. You know him as the host of the 3FN Podcast, host of 607 TWS, The Wrestling Show, and much, much more. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the show the one and only Rich. What's up, ODPH Society? And uh, I just want to say, have you guys been friends with Scott Colton for long? Because it's been about a decade since wow. since I've been friends with him. Probably even longer wow. since I didn't want to be friends with him. But, you know, oh, oh, sorry. Wrong, wrong, wrong media scrum. Wrong media scrum indeed. But if you want more information about that whole situation, make sure you're following 607TWS on your favorite pod chaser and do not miss the next episode coming out. There might have to be a special edition pending on what happens this week on AEW Dynamite and all the drama that's going on there. But if you already listen to 607TWS, you already have an idea what's going on now, don't you? Yeah. Well, unfortunately, that is growing by the hour. I feel like by the time we're done uh, doing this wonderful NFL preview show that uh, we're probably going to have like five more things and Larry the dog probably bit somebody too yes allegedly 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 but we'll definitely be talking about that but as rich alluded to this is the annual nfl preview show that's right so the panel is going to be breaking down each conference letting you know what team is going to do well what team is not going to do well who you should be picking up in fantasy football and so much more this whole episode is based around the nfl so for more content outside sports you definitely have to watch the social media accounts that you can find at odphpodcast.com to join in the conversation for there because obviously we'll have something to say about the ds jamaya fight going on this weekend and a bunch of other sports happening as well but for right now this is all about the nfl so remember on the social media accounts use the hashtag odphpod and let us kick off this edition of the NFL preview. Talk in the AFC conference. Pad, let's start in the East. Yeah, so looking at the standings from last year, uh, you had the Buffalo Bills uh, win the division with a record of 11 and 6. New England Patriots finished in second place with a record of 10 and 7. Miami Dolphins finished in third with a record of 9 and 8. And you had the New York Jets finish in uh, fourth place with a record of 4 and 13. Rich, how are you seeing this division play out? Oh, wow. You know, that. I, I think there's some improvements in this division. Uh, it's underestimated. Uh, the Jets arguably had one of the better drafts of any team uh, in the NFL this season, which is really odd to say. Yeah, I have uh, to I don't, give you that. I don't know if that they're going to reap the benefits of it exactly this year, but they definitely had one of the better drafts. Uh, the Dolphins. The Dolphins went out there and spent some money bringing you know uh, all pro. Wide receiver Tyreek Hill from the uh, uh-huh. championship caliber Kansas City Chiefs, and he seems to be happy to be there. And then, of course, you have uh, the, some of the coaching shuffling, if you will, in the, with the New England Patriots. Yeah. Uh, however, 
Bill Belichick is still there. The hoodie's you know, still there. Mac Jones is still there. So, I mean, like you can't say that too much bad. And then there's the Buffalo Bills who, you know, last year I thought we're going to go to the Super Bowl. They had a very good chance to go to the Super Bowl. And for the most part, I know there was a couple people that left, but for the most part, kept the core of that team together, the important piece of that team, in my opinion, together. And on top of that, you know, added, added a veteran on the defensive side, and Von Miller, uh, which was their biggest thing, was they didn't have, you know, rush, uh, you know, putting the pressure on the quarterback. So here we are. I mean, yes, he's a little older, but he's a vet. He's going to probably help some of those young guys out. So I think this division as a whole actually got better. Uh, but we're going to find out how good they got. Yeah, no, it's certainly an interesting division. I mean, Rich brought up some of the changes, and one of the changes I think that's going to be the biggest uh, difference maker in this division is the Bills' uh, addition on defense of Von Miller. Fucking hell. Uh, never didn't see that one coming. Uh, New England, I think, is going to be New England. They're they're going to be fine. They added Devontae Parker, a wide receiver. You know, they've still got Mac Jones, like Rich said. They still got Hunter Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith at tight end. Uh, what is it? Uh, Kendrick Bourne still there, wide receiver. Nelson Aguilar, Jacoby Myers. You know, the other QB one, as we like to say up in yeah. up in New England. Uh, pretty sure he's got a perfect passer rating. Don't check the stats on that. Uh, and then on defense, you know, the defense is still there. You still got Matthew Judon, Red Sleeve. You know, he's still there. Lawrence Guy, uh, Devon Godchow. So I think New England will be good, but the the kind of X factor, the unknown is going to be is going to be Miami. You know, because yeah, they, they like Rich said, they added Tyree Kill and Tyree Kill, very dynamic, very dynamic player. He's a great receiver. Look at the stats. But the thing we got to remember, and I'm not trying to take anything away from him. Stats with a wide receiver are always 50-50. Like, yes, some of it is the receiver's ability, you know, separation, able to beat the defenders and able to run fast and all this other stuff. But then the other part of it is quarterback. You know, the quarterback's ability to throw the ball, place the ball, put it in a place where only the receiver can get it and the defenders shit out of luck. Mm -hmm. And obviously Patrick Mahomes, a goddamn video game cheat code, the likes of which we haven't seen since maybe Michael Vick. Yeah, that's a fair statement. You know, so... Is two of the same as Patrick Mahomes? I would say no, you know, but we'll see what he is able to do with Tua. So, you know, I think it's I think New England will end up finishing second with this division, but it would not surprise me at all if Miami makes an improvement and gives New England a run for their money with uh, second place in the division. And I agree with Rich. Yeah, yeah, the Jets had, you know, a good uh, draft, but at the end of the day, they still have, you know, Zach Wilson as their quarterback, although I believe he's injured the first couple of games. Mm -hmm. And so they'll have Joe Flacco stepping in. So Flacco's good, but like, you know, and he is a Super Bowl MVP, you know, with the Baltimore Ravens back in the day, you know, but it's still the Jets. Like, you still not until I see something on the field, I'm not ready to say, Hey, you're improving or Hey, you're going to do better this year. So jury's out. I think you'll, I think it'll be kind of the same as last year for them. The jets are going to be the jets, even though they did improve in the draft immensely this year. And that is an area that obviously they needed to got the best cornerback in the draft mm-hmm. with sauce Gardner. Yeah. And they have who I think is going to be your fantasy football player to pick up. And that's Brees hall. Okay. The running back, uh, I think he's looking immensely good in preseason, and especially with a team that, let's face it, Zach Wilson is your quarterback. Zach Wilson has not impressed me once, one iota. There is nothing about his game that says this is going to turn this franchise around. So obviously him being a little banged up this preseason is not going to help matters at all because I no. don't think they have a really good backup plan there. But I think for what they're going to wind up doing is they're going to be more competitive. They're going to be more 
traditional in their offensive play calling. That's why I said Hall is going to get a ton of touches, in my opinion. I know that uh, people are worried about him maybe splitting carries with Michael Carter. Sure. I'm not worried about that at all. I think it's going to be his game to, you know, he'll be the true star number one there. Sure. I don't see anything getting shaken up there. I don't see them making any kind of moves. I can see them going uh, four and 12. Yeah, I mean, that's I'm looking at the schedules for all four teams in the AFC East, and Ken, you and I, we're going to be battle-tested come fucking week like six. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo early on has the L.A. Rams to open up the season in L.A. Uh, then they play the Tennessee Titans at home uh, in Buffalo. I, I do want to point out, though, they have a long break between those two games. That's true. Because you're talking Thursday the 8th, Eighth. and yep. then you're talking Monday the 19th. That's true. So they, they do have a little bit of a, a rest in between, although that means a short week coming up after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it is a home game to a Miami game. So, yeah, so you got LA, the Rams, then you got Tennessee, then they played the Dolphins, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and then Kansas City. Then you get your bye week, week seven. Uh, on the New Patriots side, they play uh, Miami and Miami, Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh, uh, Baltimore at home, Green Bay in Green Bay. Thank God that's not in January. Yeah. Uh, then they played Detroit uh, at home, uh, Cleveland uh, on the road, uh, and then they play Chicago in Week Seven. You know, and, but then on the you got the Dolphins who play New England, Baltimore, Buffalo, Cincinnati, uh, the Jets, and then Minnesota in Week Six. And then lastly on the Jets side, listen to this one, fucking hell. Uh, they they run through the entire AFC North in the first four weeks: Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. And then week five, they play Miami. Week six, they play Green Bay. Then they have Denver, New England, and Buffalo before their bye week. Yikes. The the Jets are going to have a rough schedule. Not only are they the the weakest team in the division, they're going to have a rough schedule on top of that. But I will say this, for the Bills, it does the second half of the season opens up pretty – because you have the Packers at home. But then it's the Jets, the Vikings, the Browns, the Lions. The Patriots, of course, will be a test. The Jets – the Dolphins, the Bears, the Bengals, and then the Patriots again. So there's about five games that are uh, hit or miss for the Bills, but every other game should be pretty much an easy win. Yeah, by the way, uh, NFL schedule schedule maker, the fuck you doing? New England and Buffalo, not till December 1st. Fuck you. Well, you know they try stacking that every year no, for, a, for a late no, thing with the Bills. And I'm like, All right, so we'll talk about the Bills here for a sec. The Bills, everybody is penciling in a Super Bowl champs or at least getting to the AFC championship game, which, listen, I'm not going to say is a bad idea. But there's a lot about this team that we still have to see. Obviously, Brian Dabble's gone. He's with the New York Giants now. Ken Dorsey's taken over as the offensive coordinator. So I don't see that much of a hiccup happening with the offense. You still have Josh Allen locked in for a while. You still have Stephon Diggs as your number one. The running game is going to be the big question mark because they have been making some moves on the offensive line. And obviously, Devin Singletary is not your typical number one. I'm sorry. It's just not happening. So you have to kind of figure in, okay, who's going to be the one to step in there? Now, obviously, they made a big draft pick with James Cook. Mm -hmm. And I think that he will definitely play a nice one-two combo with Singletary. But unless they establish a run, they're going to be living and dying by the passing game. Now, the Bills don't have Cole Beasley as we're recording. Obviously, he has parted ways with the team. They have Gabriel Davis, who everybody is really loading up to be the number two. Right. He's always been like a number four. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that extra workload is going to make or break him in the sense of the expectations might be too high. Like that is something I want to see how it all plays out with him. It, he should step up and be fine with this because they still have Isaiah McKenzie on the team too. So I think he'll slide in that number three spot. But And they have James Crowder too. I keep forgetting that he's on the roster as well. So they are still pretty stacked there. But it just depends on can they throw defenses a different look? Because if you're expecting Josh Allen to do Josh Allen things, which, trust me, is great, 
you're also going to have a real tough test for that first half of that season. The second half on paper, like Rich alluded to as well, they should be running through. Well, here's the other thing. The, the league obviously has faith in them as well because they are on flex scheduling for week 15 and for the final week of the season. Of course, mm. the final week of the season against the New England Patriots, so there's no surprise. Right. Yeah. And I love, by the way, I love what the NFL did, started implementing last season. I mean, the year before they implemented a little bit, but last season was the first year where they really, after going to the 18-week, uh, 17-game season, with going with every team playing a rival in their final week. They took that from college football, which is the smartest thing ever, Mm -hmm. because that is why you end up with a flex package of the Bills versus the Patriots, which can actually have implications for the playoffs on the line. Obviously, last season, we saw a game between the Raiders and the Chargers that definitely had implications on the line. As a matter of fact, the Chargers were eliminated from the playoffs for it. As a Raiders fan, I'll gloat about it for a second. As you should. However... I, I love how they're doing that, but the fact that they're both flex week 15 and week 18 means that the NFL has high hopes for the Bills to be in that top tier of the AFC at least. Well, they should be. If they stay healthy, and that's going to be the key thing. They should be in that upper echelon tier. They didn't lose that many key components for that roster. Obviously, they made some upgrades to Von Miller, like you touched upon. I was not a fan of the contract of the years, but listen, short term, if you can get us there, great. It works. They have touched upon some needs. But it all depends on that transition to Dorsey running the offense, which I do like as a Bills fan because Giants fans, early spoiler, I hope you like running about 12 plays, and then when you get down to the end zone, you're going to start throwing it in and taking your chances and then doing vice versa in the second half. Is something that drove me nuts, absolutely. Second half play calling, suspect. Yeah, the second half play calling is going to be something that probably raised my blood pressure points a lot. Coach Uh, Duffy will be right there with you. Oh, I can't wait to talk about this in the NFC. Trust me, i got a lot to say about the Giants. But for the Bills, they should be the outright winners right now. Yeah. So I could see them going and a 12-4 and per se, 11-5. and More realistically, I think the 11-5 benchmark is where they're going to be. I can see that. I can see that being right around the time. I think that I'm going to agree with Pad, though, for that second place and possibly a playoff spot, although we'll get to my our playoff picks later in it. Uh, you're, you're going to have a real fight probably between the Dolphins, who on paper could get it done. We'll find out mm-hmm. how they put together in the season. Of course, the Patriots. Uh, my only concern with the Patriots this season, and I mean, I know Pad's a Patriots fan, so I want to hit his take on it. Yeah. My only concern about this is you have now Joe Judge as a as a coach on the team. Yeah. Uh, are you ready for quarterback sneaks four plays in a row is the question. Yeah. <laughs> nah, we'll see what happens. You know, I know I know there have been a lot of stuff coming out of New England with, you know, offense not looking good and a whole new repertoire, a whole new offense. You know, but we'll see when it comes time. You know, I'm not not ready to, like, signal the skies falling, you know, light the bridge on fire, but we'll see. Unfortunately, with the the Patriots, it's not – I won't say the sky is falling, not as well as Belichick is the coach there. That's true. However, I don't – the thing is I have some doubts with what they're going on with coaching right now. Uh, Unfortunately, fortunately for the Raiders, which we'll talk about when we get to the AFC West, Mm -hmm. but unfortunately for the uh, Patriots, we got their – entire coaching staff yeah uh so that's that true. Were, that worked out very well for for the raiders <laughs> and especially because uh Derek carr having limitations on his arm i know we're going in early limitations on his arm, much like tom brady it's, it's worked out in the preseason we'll get to that later my my concern for the patriots though is that i know that the bill belichick for lack of better term is is known for taking chicken shit and turning it into chicken salad mm-hmm. but has the luck ran out now mind you mac jones is a great find Mm-hmm. But we need some offense that's built around him. I just hope Joe Judge doesn't come in and try to build an offense that is not around Mac Jones, but is around whatever cockamamie scheme he had, just like he did in New York. Yeah, that's the problem. I I expect that the Belichick will be like, no, 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 we're not doing it that way. However, 
that does concern me. It's something to be concerned as a Patriots fan. I got to give you that too, yeah. because with Belichick, his pedigree should override anything. So if he starts seeing that some of these other coaches that have been head coaches on other teams come back and kind of get some ideas going against the Patriot way, so to speak, sure, he's not going to sit there and let him go crazy. He's going to sit there and, and pull him right aside on the sidelines and go rip him a new one. Oh, yeah, he's done it before. Like That's what I said. This is not going to be your, uh, your typical, uh, quote-unquote, AEW post-fight uh, scrum. <laughs> he will be a very vocal yeah, person on that sideline, so to speak. He is going to really go in there and just try again what he can. But like you touched upon, Rich, the magic it might not be there. And that's the that's the situation that Patriot fans might have to deal with because Mac is not Tom Brady. No. Mac, Mac is a good player, don't yeah. get me wrong. He's good. And it sucks that they compare him to Tom Brady because I feel bad for that kid. Yeah, absolutely. Because the kid has is, is a really talented player, but that is a lot to live up to. And it's just kind of like telling somebody they're the next Michael Jordan. It never works mm-hmm. out. You know what I mean? Uh, so, but he seems to be taking it in stride. So I, I got to say, he has the right attitude for the job. Once again, when he gets flustered, he has a little problems. But once again, that was his rookie year. We're going to find oh, yeah. out year two where we're oh, yeah. at. And, and I expect that out of a rookie. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I do too. But one of the things that is going for the Patriots, though, you got to be honest, Belichick is a defensive genius, mm-hmm. and so the defense is going to be fine. I don't, you know, Matt Patricia is not going to mess that defense up too bad because a. Um, you know, I don't know what his pedigree is with defense. Remember, he was famous because he was Tom Brady's quarterback coach for a while. Right. So that's really where his claim is famous. So him being on the defensive side of the ball. But you know what? Let's be honest. Belichick's going to be calling those plays. Yeah. It's not even going to really be Patricia. Patricia's going to be like, well, I think we – Belichick's going to be like, "There's these three plays are what you can call. And he'll be like, okay, call this. And then Belichick will be like, never mind. This is the call. That's that what's going to happen. That or, that or they'll have uh, Steve Belichick on the sideline making faces again, <laughs> confusing the fuck out of everybody. I'm okay with that, too, as long but, as he's not playing the Bills. It's, it's, it's amazing. I need a cam of that. You know what? Could be funny. Matt Patricia calls a play into the helmet to the middle linebacker. Meanwhile, over there, you got Steve Belichick sending in hand signals to just <laughs> negate it to call a different play. That could actually happen. I, I could see that happening, and I don't blame it. Once again, though, Belichick is such a great defensive coach. Did you? I never think that the Patriots are out of it just because a defense does win, and b yeah, he, he knows what he's doing. Let's be honest. There's no, not many greater in the history of the NFL on the defensive side of the ball as Bill Belichick. I agree with you. I mean, I think this is going to be a situation that. For second place in that division, it really is going to come down to the Patriots and Miami. And, like, listen, as much as I'm a Miami hater and I'm very public about it, I would be much happier if they went 0-17. But they are going to live and die by Tua. The question is, you've now given, given him a, a bona fide number one with Tyreek Hill. You still have Waddle on that roster. You still have Chase Edmonds as your running game. And, I mean, obviously they just grabbed from uh, San Francisco uh, Raheem Morissette. So if you got him or Morster, I apologize for that, you still have some key components that you can be serviceable and you can definitely move the chains. It just depends on how far two is going to get you in those clutch positions because as we touched upon over the years, when he first came in the league, he needed a closer to finish games. Uh-huh. Now he doesn't have that you know, security blanket, for oh, lack yeah. of a better term. The this is all, are off. This is all on him, and especially with Tyreek Hill being there, that should help their offense immensely. It just depends on is he going to be the guy because now there's no more excuses. He has to produce wins. Well, I'm looking at the roster right now for the uh, Miami Dolphins, and uh, believe it or not, at wide receiver one, they have Jalen Weddle. So at wide receiver two, we have Tyreek Hill, which I think is a great place to put, and that's also giving Weddle the the veteran of that team, Mm -hmm. if you will, that makes him feel a little more important. I like that. Uh, like that out. But also, you got to remember at the at the running back position, you have Raheem Morstat yeah. and Salvin Ahmed 
And I think that they're not, either one of them is not great on their own, but they're a good one-two punch. So, I mean, you're going to get a lot of uh, mileage off of them on the uh, in the legs. And I agree with you, though. Tua is going to be the big, the big uh, uh, exclamation point, question mark, whatever yeah. you want to call him. If he's playing well, the Dolphins are going to play well. If he's not playing well, the Dolphins are going to have a rough season. I mean, on the other side of the ball, on defense, it's nothing to write home about, but every, there's everybody is very good at their their positions if you will nobody's mm-hmm. an all-star but they're they're good at their positions i mean so i don't know i i, I really think that at the end of the day they're going to live and die by Tua. yeah they're going to have to i mean because i'm looking at the yards allowed for last year for miami uh they were about middle of the pack uh they allowed uh 5738 yards uh allowed last year so you know they're going to have to live and die by their offense because their defense, it'll get some stops for you, but is it going to be a shut-down, lights-out defense that'll shut down any team in the league? No. Yeah, yeah, they're the middle-of-a-road defense, the definition of a middle-of-a-road defense. I think also the big uh, there's going to be big uh, expectations, and their season might do well in the tight end position. Uh, once again, I don't. none of these guys are jumping off the pages like great tight ends, and their stats are all right, but, but they're going to have to have a big season because there's going to be a lot of checkdowns, I would assume. Oh, yeah. Goleski is very underrated, in my opinion opinion but Tua's never got him the ball like that's the one thing like he can take over a game here and there I'm not saying he's like a Travis Kelsey type right but he has that potential but since he's been with Miami I don't think anybody's utilized him that much uh last season he had 73 catches 780 yards and two touchdowns yeah so I mean at the end of the day I mean you can get some yards all you want but if you're not putting up points in the end zone what is really there? Like, he's, I'm looking. Uh, he, this is entering his fifth season. He's never. That was his career high for uh, yards receiving, 780. Prior to that, he had 703, 570, and 202. Uh, and his career high in touchdowns was 2020, where he had six. Yeah. So that said, and I heard he was on the trade block too. So I don't know about that. But like I say, if you're not moving the chains, you're not doing anything. So this is where two is going to have to make that leap. And I think, unfortunately for him, there's no more room for error. He needs to produce. I think he is going to, as much as it pains me to say it, I think I can see Miami going 9-8, and eight, to be honest with you. I could say it. I can see the Patriots right there as well. It just depends on how much they do with Mac growing in the second year. Mm-hmm. So I could say it will be a coin flip about which one of those two teams take second place because I think the other one will be an 8-9. and nine. But I think it's sure. just there's just it's just – both of those teams don't have that superstar it factor to, to get over, like in comparison to the Bills. I think the Bills should win outright, and the Jets are the Jets. I don't think anybody has to worry about that. They're not going to be a sleeper team this year because I'm no. sorry, Zach Wilson is still your quarterback. Until that changes, you're going to be where you're going to be. Well, to give some credit to the Jets real quick, you got a, you got a lot of upside to look at in the future, possibly. Uh, you got some great rookies that are going to be getting some playing time this year. And if you're going to be excited on anything for the uh, – the Jets, it's going to be the defensive secondary. Mm. Of course, you have the veteran in uh, Jordan Whitehead as uh, safety out there. And then you have two rookies starting in a safety and cornerback position. And both of those kids have high upside. Yes. And that's what the defensive-minded coach. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So if you're going to see anything that's going to really excite you as a Jets fan this year, I'm sorry, it's going to be probably another long season. But we could get it to see a really good defense of what could be a really good start of the defense. And also with two young receivers – Let's see if one of them grabs that you know brass ring. The big question mark, of course, is going to be, of course, at the quarterback position. Uh-huh. But 
But Zach Wilson, he shows shades of brilliance sometimes, believe it or not, and sometimes he doesn't show up at all. But with that being said, I would be interested to see if Mike White wants to try to step back up or even Joe Flacco wants to get that second uh, second uh, wind, if you will. Listen, listen, all he need all uh, you know, their starting quarterback needs to do, not be afraid of ghosts. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's already a plus. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be an interesting season with them, but like I, I touched upon, I think that that defense is going to definitely keep him in a lot more games. I know I gave him the four and twelve, four and thirteen record. I keep forgetting about the extra week. I think they're going to be hovering around there just because the offense is going to cost some games, and just because Zach Wilson is not the guy. Who knows what you're going to get off Flacco and White? And I mean, if if they can catch some lightning in a bottle, sure they might be able to get maybe two, three more wins. But I don't think you're going to talk about playoff contention. No, they're not going to be a playoff team. I'm sorry, Jets fans. If you're a Jets fan, you're listening. You're not going to be a playoff team. But like I said, you. For the first time in a long time, the future might look a little brighter. It looks bright, just not right now. Yes. Here's the thing. It might not be a bad idea to lose some games because if Zach Wilson's not the guy, we've got like five quarterbacks coming out in the next it's a uh, very draft. Heavy quarterback it's be, one. So you could possibly get your quarterback of the future next year. So I the the, the strong points, because I, I, I have them last as well, but I don't want to send Jets fans home exactly like, oh, man, we didn't talk about them at all. Your strong points are you have a couple young receivers that could definitely move in and prove that they're good, even with a bad quarterback, which would be a plus. And then, of course, the defensive side of the ball, specifically the secondary, is looking real good. Like we said, you know, the first half of the season, you know, that's where they're going to get get their teeth grinded. You know, that's where they're going to find out who's in this and who's just there for the paycheck. You know, because like we said, the first four games, they play the entire AFC North. <laughs> you know, after in the week five, Miami, Green Bay, Denver, New England, Buffalo. They got their bye week in week 10. Then they come out of the bye week playing New England, Chicago, Minnesota, Buffalo, Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle, and Miami. So there's, while it's going to be rough that first half of the season, there's some games that second half, a couple bounces, a couple interceptions, they might be able to get something. Well, anything can happen on a given Sunday, but just right now as we're giving the early preview, I think we're all in agreement. In last place will be the Jets. We're talking yep. about a 4-13 and record somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah I would agree. 4-13, and maybe I could even see them maybe like, you know, squeaking out that 5-12. and I don't see them much past five wins. No. And then after that, I think it's kind of where the coin flip is going to be. I have the Patriots – at eight and nine this year in third place, just because I think it's going to be kind of a coin flip here and there. I think just that team is not going to be as clicking as much. So just with Joe Judge calling some plays, I think just that worries me a little bit, and I think that's going to cost him a couple games. So I have them at third. I have the Dolphins at nine and eight. You're dead to me. I figured <laughs> as much. And then I got the Bills going 11 and 6. I'll, I'll change that up a little bit. I, I don't know where I want to go. I think it is kind of like it's going to be a dogfight. As long as the Dolphins are the question mark. If they mm-hmm. show up and play some games, the Dolphins are going to dogfight for second place with the Patriots. I could see both teams being at least 9 and 8. I could see the Patriots winning 10 games this year as well. Just because if if things fall in the line, if, if everything happens the, the way it should be, barring any injuries... They still, it's still a Belichick coach team. Now, mind you, could the wheels fall off? Absolutely, because that could happen to any team. I do think that the Bills will win pretty handily. I, I, I'm expecting an 11 or 12 win season for them, and uh, pretty handily going up there. Once again, they're going to be really tested in the first half of the season, and in the second half of the season, like I said, with the exception of like Green Bay and two times against the uh, Patriots and one time against the Dolphins, because it's always going to be a tough division game. There, they really don't have a lot. Of uh, you know the strength of schedule goes down for the Bills, if you will. So that's going to be awesome for them going into the playoffs because they're not going to be overtired, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think that's where they're going to pick up a lot of their wins. We're going to see how good they are. Of course, this Thursday is the first game. But right. We're going to see how yeah. good they are because I'm going to tell you what, 
I, I, I would throw it out there. The Bills might just come out and punch the uh, Rams in the mouth. And if that's the case, then all, all bets are off and you're going to get me going. Maybe the Bills win 14 games. Who knows? I'm not going to say that right now. We're gonna fi- I, I'm going to wait until week one or week two to see if that happens. But if they come out and they can go start the season off 2-0, and uh, you know, obviously uh, the Titans are the Titans. And we're going to talk about them in a minute. But if they can go 2-0, and especially beating on championship, you know, trophy and ring presentation uh-huh. day yeah. beating the Rams at SoFi for the first game of the season. If they can make that happen, it could be a huge season for the Buffalo Bills. You know, I got the uh, New York Jets finishing last. I've got actually both the Dolphins and Patriots finishing 9-8, and eight, but through some, you know, tiebreaker shenanigans, I got the Patriots finishing ahead of that, and then I've got the Buffalo Bills finishing in first. There's no way we're going to pick the, the Dolphins over the Patriots. Oh, fuck Come no. on. Oh, fuck no. But I agree with you more. I think a 9-8 and eight for both teams could very well happen. Tiebreaker shenanigans. Yeah, it could definitely happen like that. Like I say, I just think both those teams are more in a weird sense evenly matched on paper right now but it all depends on Tua like at the end of the day if if he can show some kind of improvement and there's no reason he shouldn't then they're going to be a 500 team if not better this is make or break for Tua yeah if if he if they've finally given you weapons around you to use put up or shut up I got to correct you again though there's no such thing as a 500 team anymore. Yeah. You're either right above 500 or right below 500. So, but we all know what you mean. Yeah, exactly. Same thing at nine and eight and eight and nine. The only separation is that is if it's a winning season or not. Basically, that's a 500. Yeah. Let's be honest. Either one is you being at 500. But now there's a defined if you had a winning season or a losing season, which I kind of like in a lot of ways. But I, I can see them. I can see them on that cusp for sure. Uh, that's where I see the Dolphins for sure. And I think I, I'm pretty sure that the Patriots are going to finish at least nine and eight. Yeah. I, I would be real surprised if they finish eight and nine or even lower. Once again, though, injuries, but that could happen with but any team. So I'm not going to sit team, here and yeah. speculate on injuries to Mac Jones because let's be honest, any team could have that happen. And then we'd be here for even longer discussing yeah, all the possibilities. Yeah. We don't have time for that. <laughs> But we do have some time to talk more football. Obviously, we talked the AFC East, but let's go to the South now, Pat. Yeah, so looking at the standings from last year, uh, you had the Tennessee Titans win the division with a record of 12-5. and Indianapolis finished in second place with a record of 9-8. and The Houston Texans finished in third with a record of 4-13. and And you have the Jacksonville Jaguars finish in last with a record of 3-14. and Well, uh, just doing the, the quick preview here before we do the deep dive, I, I think the Titans are going to be dropping off. I don't see the Titans coming back as the first place yeah. team. Uh, they were the little engine that could somehow last year, but then the wheels fell off because we all knew that the quarterback situation there is not ideal. They lost one of their best receivers in the offseason, so I doubt highly that they'll be back. However, I have some faith in them, Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. Talking about a team adding, uh, needed a quarterback, went out and got Matt Ryan. All right, honestly, we you know in Atlanta. Who is Atlanta? What, what is, is Atlanta? Atlanta? But – this is a different team. This is no longer black, white, and red. Now you're in blue and white. And it's a better team because you have a running back in Jonathan Taylor. Still suspect with a 25-point lead. Never forget, Pat. I promise that that's always in his mind. But well, let's be honest. This is a different beast. This is like, and, But it's the same team that we talked about last year where it's such a vanilla team. They're a good football team because they do everything fundamentally, but they're boring as shit to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with the exception of Jonathan Taylor. Yes. So... The nice part about Matt Ryan is he's a good quarterback. He, he really is a number one quarterback. He can still get the, the, the job done. And now he's got the valve release with Jonathan Taylor. And then you have 
a defense that's going to get its job done. They're not flashy. They're not the number one defense in the league, but they're also not the last place defense, and they're better than a halfway team. They're, I, I feel like they always finish in the top five, top ten of defenses, but it's just because nobody pays attention to them because they just do their job and play fundamentally. There's no you know big pass rusher who's getting all the sacks, and there's no just one guy in defense that's getting all the interceptions You know, like some other teams. They're not flashy, but I think that they're going to improve this year uh, and probably be the number one team there. Let's be honest, Jacksonville shouldn't even be a team anymore. Yeah. And enough said <laughs> about that, but we'll obviously break them down. But I really do believe this is going to be the Colts to lose this year. Yeah, no, I, I definitely am I'm with Rich. I see the Tennessee Titans falling off just for everything he said. Tannehill's still there? Yeah. Derrick Henry's still there? Yeah. But then you get to the receiver core, and it's and it's a steep drop-off from what it was last year where you had A.J. Brown, and then even Julio Jones was there. You know, now it's Robert Woods and uh, Traylon Burks. And you've also got Nick Westbrook, uh, Akai, Akai uh, You know, Austin Hooper is still there at tight end. But, like, that's a deep drop-off from what it was last year. And somebody who was e- able to keep you in games. So listen, Derrick Henry's good. He, he ain't a, you know, 50, 60 carries a game type of guy. You know, Indianapolis looking better. You know, they got Matty Ice at their quarterback. You know, if, if things fall off because, hey, he is getting up there in age. If injuries, whatever happens, they do have Nick Foles behind him. Jonathan Taylor's still there at running back. Receiver core looks good. You got Michael Pittman Jr., who's obviously good. And you got some complimentary pieces with Paris Campbell and Alec Pierce. You know, so should be good. But I'm, I'm kind of looking at, like, I'm skeptical of Matt Ryan just because look at the teams he had when he was there in Atlanta with the running backs and the, and the receiver cores, and he just wasn't able to get it done. Can he get it done here? New regime, new system? We'll see. Houston Texans? Yikes. Yeah. I mean, you've got, Dave, you got Davis Mills and Kyle Allen as your two quarterbacks on your roster. Who? Exactly. According to ESPN.com. Uh, your run, starting running back is Damian uh, Pierce. You know, they got Rex Burkhead there, who, let, let, hey, former Patriot, I'm not going to shit on the guy. Uh, you know, they got Brandon Cooks, who was good. Is he good anymore? I would say no. You know, they've got Nico Collins and then uh, Philip Dorsett, who was in New England for a little bit, but was never anything super flashy. You know, and then they got uh, Brevin Jordan at their tight end. So, Houston, it's going to be rough for you, although I think you're fully expecting that. And then you go to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who stumbled their way to three wins last year. You know, tripped through the front door, slipped on the front doormat, slipped on the front rug in the entryway, and, you know, managed to get their hand in the cookie jar somehow. You know, you still got Trevor Lawrence as your starting quarterback. Uh, running backs, you got Travis uh, Etienne Jr., Christian Kirk, who is vastly overpaid. Sorry. Marvin Jones Jr., and then Zay Jones, and then you've got Evan Ingram as your tight end. So I would say for right now, I agree with Rich. Tennessee, it's going to be a bit of a fall off. You're not you're not getting twelve wins this year. You know, I think by default, Houston's going to finish last, and then I think it's going to be uh, Tennessee and then Jacksonville in second and third. All right, so let's get this out of the way because uh, we have to talk about Jacksonville and Houston. Um, they have jerseys. Yes, they do. Um, they're they're going to show up. There really is not a lot to write home about. Jackson, for, Jacksonville Jaguars press conferences still going to be better than AEW press conferences. Not more entertaining, though. Yeah, eh. not, definitely not. The thing about Jacksonville, obviously, Doug Peterson is going to be working with Tra- uh, Trevor Lawrence, which that that helps, I that will say. That should be good. That's an upside to us. Travis Tain is going to be playing this year because, remember, last year he was hurt early and True. really did not have a full season. So we can't say, like, you know, he's going to have a you know, breakout because we don't know where we're going to get on him. The Jaguars, the only headline you can say is they overpaid for everybody. They fucked up the wide receiver market. I want to point this out. They fucked up everybody's team, period. Yeah. Because they drove the prices up on 
everybody, not just there, but everybody in the league. Mm-hmm. The Jacksonville Jaguars did to the NFL free agency what the Utah Jazz did to the NBA free agency. They Absolutely. Fucked it up. That Christian Kirk deal is atrocious. I'm sorry. Like, unless he turns into be a bona fide Hall of Fame season. Greatest wide receiver of all time. Yeah, there's no way you can justify that four-year 90 million, I believe. Four-year 90 million. And just to read his stats from last year, and you, the listener at home, if you play fantasy football, you play Madden, whatever, you can, you know, use these stats and, and decide for yourself. Would you give him this money? Uh, 77 catches. He was tied for 24th in the NFL. 982 yards. Was tied for 27th in the NFL. Five touchdowns. He was tied for 40th in the NFL. <laughs> this guy, only he got less than 1,000 yards and only five touchdowns, and they gave him all that money? Yes. And he averaged 12.8 yards uh, a catch, which was good for 46th in the NFL. Yeah, because oh he was out in Arizona, and this is when uh, DeAndre Hopkins was out, and he filled in. Yeah, yeah. But, that, yeah but it doesn't justify it. He gave a ton yeah. of money to a guy who literally had uh, not even 1,000 receiving yards. And only five touchdowns. Like that is some like New York Giant shit. And I want yeah. and I want to point out he is in his four years. He's entering his fifth year. He has never cracked a thousand yards receiving. Six twenty one uh, the year prior in twenty twenty. Seven oh nine in twenty nineteen. Five ninety in twenty eighteen. Uh, he's his career high in touchdowns is six in twenty twenty. Does do a little bit of rushing. Uh, he's never gotten a, a rushing touchdown. Uh, and his career high in rushings was in twenty nineteen, where he had ninety three rushing yards yeah i mean the whole point that he got paid that much it blew out the market for everybody else so like if he was if he was like you know a dynamic wide receiver that was like one of the best receivers in the league but also a fucking decent running back at the same time then i could sit there and go okay he's not debo samuel right but i but if he was i could yeah. sit, i could sit there and go okay you know what? i can stomach that that makes sense he's a he's not the best running back in the league but he's a pretty damn good one and then he's one of the best receivers in the league i can understand that his numbers are nothing flashy. Even if I'm playing Madden franchise mode and I need to pick up a you know a wide receiver two or a wide receiver three, I'm not going to give him a look. Mm-hmm. You know, so they've way overpaid for him. And that's the problem that they've done most of this offseason. I mean, Evan Ingram they got from New York and obviously did not have the best tenure up there. Uh, obviously, becoming one of the uh, more higher draft picks when he came out didn't really kind of live up to expectations. So obviously. Now down in Jacksonville, the bar is set very low. I mean, the bar was set low already for him because then he was in New York. This is true. But uh, let's let's start them talking about some funner stuff. Let's talk about the Colts and their schedule. Okay. Because the Colts' schedule is, look at this. Is, is amazing. They open the season oh, against hell. the Houston Texans. They then play the Jacksonville Jaguars, both on the road. Yeah. Now, there's some silver lining here. They do have their first home game, but it's against the Kansas City Chiefs in week three. Fucking crazy. But then, but then they have the Titans, the Broncos, the Jaguars for the second time, the Titans for the second time, the Washington Commanders before playing the Patriots, Raiders, Eagles, Steelers, Cowboys, and then finally a bye. Their bye is week 14. But if you think about it, until week eight, they only have one real tough team, and that would be the Kansas City Chiefs. And then after that, they do go through a murderer's row with the Patriots, Raiders, Eagles, Steelers, will, will, and Cowboys will you know, wait to see, and we'll talk about them later. But then, literally, that is the late, uh, real late bye week for 14, and then they finish off the season in, uh, at Minnesota, 
against the Chargers at home, against the New York football giants in Week 17, and then they end the season against the Houston Texans. So even if they're on the cusp in the bubble, they have the Giants and Texans in the last two weeks of the season. Oh, Christ, I'm looking at the Titans. I'm looking at the Titans schedule. Fucking Christ. (laughs) Even even if the Titans somehow pull this off and and win the division, you ain't making it far in the fucking playoffs. They got a bye week in Week 6. To open the season, they play the, uh, the Giants, Bills, Raiders, Colts, Commanders, bye week in week six and then after the bye week to close for the rest of the year they play the colts texans chiefs broncos packers bengals eagles jaguars chargers texans cowboys and jaguars oh yeah that's a rough schedule right there so let's just be honest about this this is a two two team division because obviously houston they don't have anything exciting going on. They just released Marlon Mack, too. Yeah, they did. So, obviously, their skill positions are living and dying on Brandon Cooks, which, like, let's face it, he's not the same player of old. Uh, it's going to be a rough season if you're a Houston Texans fan. So let's just put it out there and just mm-hmm. get that done. Jaguars, Jaguars got a shot at some wins, though. I was going to say, Jaguars start with the toilet bowl, though. Yeah, the yeah. Washington Commanders. Yeah, they do. And then the Colts. Followed by the Chargers, the Eagles, the Texans, then the Colts again, which we already mentioned. Yep. Then they get the Giants, the Broncos, the Raiders, the Chiefs. Wow, that's a bad back-to-back. Before their bye week on week 11. Then they take on the Ravens, Lions, Titans, Cowboys, Jets, Texans, and then the Titans to end the season. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a rough two game right before your bye week. And, Ooh, yeah. and we should note the uh, Jaguars are playing that Denver Broncos game in week eight in London. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's right. It's in, it's in Wembley. So, I mean, that said. Hey, before we go any further, why didn't they just have that where Fulham plays? Because, you know, Tony Khan owns Fulham. <laughs> why didn't he get his team on his own f- soccer pitch? This is some bullshit right here. Tony I, Khan, you, I'm starting to really, I'm starting to have questions about the fact if you can run anything. Yeah. Actually, I've already had those questions a long time ago. I was like, like, let's not ask Fulham fans how they feel about the cons. He wanks dogs. We already know. (laughs) So with that said, though, it's a two-team race here. I mean, let's be honest. It it all depends on what Tennessee is going to do, but I do agree with you. I think, unfortunately, they're going to fall off. Obviously, making the moves at the wide receiver position is going to hurt them. It did not really help them in this offseason. You're relying a lot on Derrick Henry to be the Derrick Henry of old, but let's face it, the amount of work that he's had over the years has to catch up with him at some point. It always does for NFL running backs that are those workhorse backs that get oh, yeah. you know all those touches per game. The body can only do so much. Obviously, last season it caught up with him when he had a foot injury. So now the question is, you're living and dying on Tannehill. Tannehill is serviceable if you have a solid running game, but at the same time, you need him to throw the ball. Who's he going to throw to? You don't have Julio Jones. You don't have A.J. Brown. Yep. You really are going to kind of have him start at square one. That's going to be a disservice. And Tennessee will contend. Don't get me wrong, especially when you're in a division with Jacksonville and Houston. But in comparison to the Colts, this is a day and night difference. Matt Ryan is out of Atlanta and in a situation where he just has to be better than Carson Wentz. So the bar, in my opinion is low. It's very low. It's been low since Peyton Manning left. Right. Well, and uh, count out the years with Andrew Luck because those are pretty good. And let's be honest, on the depth chart, sitting behind Matt Ryan 
is a man who is familiar with Super Bowls and Nick Foles. Yes. Yeah. So I, I just want to, that's kind of funny. But if you look at their offense set up, they, once again, none of these names are going to blow your world, mm-hmm. except for Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Obviously. But they're all, if you look at their stats, they're all very serviceable. The wide receiver core, as starting, we're going to have Alec Pierce. Also, they're going to have Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman Jr. as their starting three wide receivers. Then Mo Ali Cox and uh, Kalen Granson will be the two starting tight ends. And then on top of that, let's talk about something that is always underrated for the Colts, but is is what the most important thing is, their front line. Yeah. Their line is the best in the business. Left yeah. tackle, Matt Pryor. Left guard, Quentin Nelson. Center, Ryan Kelly. Uh, right guard, Danny Printer. And right tackle, Brandon Smith, will start. They are all coming back. They are all very good. I still have nightmares about that game last year where they just ran the ball down our fucking throat and they were pushing our defensive line back four or five yards. Oh, by the way, Christ, by the way, if you thought it got any better on the other side of the ball, they got better on defense. On one side, we got Quitey Pay as a defensive end. And your other defensive end is somebody who knows Tony Khan very well. And I I always mess up his name, but Yannick Nguai. Oh, yeah. Of course, formerly of the Raiders. Of course, he was traded to the Colts because we've got uh, one of the greatest uh, name. Roxon is had come to the Raiders, which is one of the greatest names to be in. Las Vegas, just throwing it out there. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, if you're looking at their defense right now, you know you got DeForest Buckner, one of the best D tackles in the in the game today. Uh, they they use a nose tackle there for so Grover Stewart is that uh, in the middle linebacker in the wide uh, sorry in the linebacker core you have Bobby O'Clay, Shaquille Leonard, and Zaire Franklin, and then the backfield literally is Brandon Fashon and Dallas Flowers at cornerback. Your free safety is Julian Blackman, and then your strong safety is Nick Cross. And guess who else is starting at cornerback? Mm-hmm. Somebody you know very well, Pad, Stefan Gilmore. Uh, overrated. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I was going to say. No, I'm kidding. You know that's not overrated, but he's also no, a I'm leader, kidding. and I'm sure he's going to be a leader of that backfield. So you have a young backfield cornerback uh, uh, and uh, uh, safety core, but then you have one of the best cornerbacks to ever play the game to help them yeah. out. And then on top of that, that front line of Pay, Buckner, and Nguai, whoo. Yeah. Listen. They are going to be first place in the South very easily. That should go without saying. Uh, Matt Ryan. Hey, hi, how you doing? <laughs> Nick, <laughs> yeah. Fol- Nick Foles? Fuck you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, they're so loaded. It's just they're not the sizzle team, though. And that's how they fly under everybody's radar. And I think they're going to do that this year. I don't doubt them jumping out to be, you know, how, like every team. Every year there's a team that's like 6-1, and 7-1 yeah, yeah, yeah. out the gate. That's going to be the Colts. The only team well, looking that's, at that schedule, they're probably going to be like eight and one by right. like week nine. The only teams that's going to throw them off because it's division and it happens every year is Jacksonville. I know you're going to listen and go like, wait, you guys just said Jacksonville's nothing. It's division rivals. Division's and, weird, and every year something weird happens yeah. when they play. Yeah. Every year, this it's not like an easy sweep. So I'm not saying that that'll be the team they'll throw them off, but don't doubt that that does happen. But this is all screaming indie. I think that they're going to wind up winning this outright. I could see them going maybe a 13-4, and four, to be honest with you. They play the ball that well on both sides. They're not going to wow you. They're not going to be a fantasy team unless Jonathan Taylor is somebody you pick up because, honestly, they're about as old school as they get. They're not going to be throwing downfields for 50 yards. They will just completely manage the clock better than anybody. And with that offensive line with Quentin Nelson at the helm, nobody's going to get near Matt Ryan, and I think that's something he's going to be able to breathe a little easier about because the expectations for him are super low. And then, as you touched upon, if he goes down for whatever reason or he's not doing the job, they still got Nick Foles. And honestly, you can plug in anybody behind that line and you'll be okay. 
I agree. Uh, when I was just looking at their schedule real quick, just again, just so I can make sure you're looking up until week nine, where they come, they're probably going to come into week nine, seven and one. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only real, real test for them is the Kansas City Chiefs in the first nine games. I mean, of course, some of the, those division games could be tricky, as we pointed out, but realistically, they could be seven and one. Once again, then you come into week nine, where you have the Patriots, and then you have to follow that. You have to go to New England, first of all, and then the following week, you have to go to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that is going to be a rough. Not just for traveling, but it's also going to be rough because there's those are two very good teams. So I could see them slipping up there. So there's possibly, let's say, two losses there. But then after that, with the Eagles, Steelers, Cowboys, Vikings, Chargers, I mean, one more loss to the uh, one more loss possibly to the Chargers is the hardest team because Giants and Texans. So really, when you were saying that, it is very likely this yeah. team could go, you know, ten and seven, yeah. eleven and six, probably even. Uh, 12 and five. five. There's, there's also a couple of games in that schedule. I was just looking like they could get caught looking past the team in front of them where it's like a not so great team. And then the following week, they've got a great team. Like I forget who it is, but they play Dallas one week and whoever they got the week before is like the Steelers. Yeah. They got like, like the Steelers who's got, you know, Maserati Mitch. We'll get to him in a little bit, you know, but like I could, I could see them like, all right, Hey, it's, it's a Steelers. It's fucking Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. Whatever. We got, we got Dallas next week and they get caught. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a tricky situation, but I think as we're, we're saying now though, this is Indies to lose. I don't think. Yeah. It, I don't think this is even close. I mean, this could honestly turn into Indy being the number one overall seed in the AFC. No lie about yeah, it. Yeah, with strength of schedule and with how good the team looks on paper. Once again, we're on paper because mm-hmm. that's all we can be right now. I, I really think that this team is going to have uh, is going to have the edge. I would definitely say they're winning this division hands down, and they could have the best record in the AFC. Not necessarily because they're the best team in the AFC, but because they have the lightest schedule. Uh, that we've seen so far with a good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do believe second place will go to the Tennessee Titans. I f- feel like they're going to finish eight and nine. They might surprise and make nine and eight, but I doubt it. I really kind of think that they're going to be at that eight and nine level, if if that. But I think they'll be there. And then after that, come who gives a damn? It's probably going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. They'll probably put together a four or five game win season. Uh, they had a pretty decent, easily schedule. They did get a little better. Obviously, even though we we're really crapping on their signings, it doesn't matter. That still was better than what they had, mm-hmm. and hopefully that helps Trevor Lawrence out, who is a really good quarterback, and hopefully he can keep his head on his shoulders because, hey, kid, you only got to make a couple more seasons before you can go and go somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but last place is definitely going to be the Texans. I I really have a hard time believing the Texans are going to win three games. Uh, honestly, they could win one or two. Three is probably the max in my if opinion. They, if they win three, they've stumbled into it. No, I agree with you. You know, uh, Indianapolis Colts, I think, are going to be first. Tennessee Titans, third. Or second, excuse me. Uh, and then I'm going to have the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they can stumble into some wins at the second half of the mm-hmm. season. You know, because I'm looking past their bye week. They've got Baltimore, Detroit, Tennessee, Dallas, Jets, Texans, and then Titans. You know, close out there. I think there's a couple of those games that, like, given it's the end of the year, might be resting some starters. Sure. I, I think they can stumble. So I'm going to say maybe a five or six win season for the mm-hmm. Jaguars. And then you got the Texans in the last place, which, listen, I would not be surprised if they go winless this year. If they are bad. I'm with you. I honestly think they are going to go winless. I mean, I'll give them maybe the 1-16 in 16 just to be nice. But honestly, there's nothing on paper on either side of the ball that scares. You know what's really sad about this, though, is if it was any other team besides the Texans or, or obviously, as we know, the Jaguars, this would be the perfect rebuild year. Mm-hmm. Because the Texans right now are going to have probably the easy first-round pick. Mm-hmm. They've got a whole bunch of other picks coming to them, courtesy of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, yeah, they do. And this could be really a turnaround thing, but their front office is so 
terrible yeah. that they blew everything they've had in the past. So I have no faith in that front office. I have no faith in the coaching staff. So this is going to be one of those times where literally they're going to probably pick up whoever's the number one quarterback in the draft, which they need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for them, they're going to be Trevor Lawrence, where they're just waiting and biding their time and hopefully can keep their head on their shoulders and not get too ran over. Right. So that way they can possibly go on to another team and be great. I fully agree about that. Like I say, I think it's Houston, obviously – We'll just say one in sixteen to be polite, but yeah. they're they're gonna be your number one draft pick no no matter what. Jacksonville, I can see getting that that six and uh, eleven mark. I think they can sneak something out. In fact, I don't doubt them splitting with the Colts. To be honest with you, just because weird stuff happens when they play, it's something. Watching enough fantasy football and and having Colt players on that team, they kept them out of the playoffs last year. Yeah, so like I say, anything is possible. So I'm gonna say they're gonna split. I'm not gonna say what game though, but it just let's wait and see about them. Uh. I agree with you about Tennessee. I think they're going to go eight and nine. Like I say, they got rid of Corey Davis too because I forgot AJ Brown went to Philly. Yep. Corey Davis went to the Jets. Yep. They don't really have anybody a wide receiver, and I'm sorry, Derrick Henry has had a great run. He's still a great player, but you're asking a lot from him, and it and obviously Father Time starts catching up with you. He came back from a very bad foot injury. They're going to be stacking the box. They're going to stack it, and, and that's the thing. You're going to dare Ter- Tannehill to beat you, and I'm sorry, Tannehill has shown flashes of brilliance. But that's with good receivers. Exactly. You're asking him to do this with practically nothing. That's a that's a challenge. And I'm not saying that he can't do it, but I'm saying if you're asking me right now, no, absolutely not. I'm saying he can't do it. I have zero faith in Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Zero faith. That is a team that needs a quarterback badly. They should have been throwing in their hat to every quarterback race in the offseason. The fact that Matt Ryan somehow ended up in Indianapolis and they weren't part of that discussion mm-hmm. is is a travesty for their team. But once again, for some reason, their coaching staff there <laughs> believes in Ryan Tannehill. I don't. I got to see him play against the Pittsburgh Steelers live. Trust me, he wasn't good. No, I mean that but Vrabel's still their head coach, obviously with being under the Belichick learning tree they don't get too rattled at the quarterback. So he likes riding them out no matter what. So I under, I understand that, but I do agree with you because I thought the perfect fit would have been dump the entire farm for Aaron Rodgers to come there last year. And I thought they would have been able to do some magic. But, you know, it, it didn't happen. But I think now it's going to be a rebuilding year for them or you're going to start slowly seeing the decline of what you've had in, in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And I think, obviously, this is the Colts to lose. I'm going to say they're going to be 13-4. and four. I could see them being the number one seed. They'll be. They'll definitely win the division outright. So they are going to be in the top four seeds of the AFC. Then we just kind of wait to see what they do in the playoffs from there. I just want to throw it out there. You do realize that Aaron Rodgers bought a house in Nashville. That's yeah. true. And somehow they still couldn't get him on the Titans. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Sure offered him mushrooms. It, it's something. Ayahuasca, baby. He was on those journeys. Yeah, like I say, the fact they couldn't land that deal, mind blowing in more ways than one. But that said, we've talked about the AFC East. We've talked about the AFC South. We're going to take a quick break, come back and talk the AFC North and West. In the meantime, hit us up on the hashtag, hashtag ODPHpod. What is your thoughts about the AFC East and AFC South in this NFL preview edition of the ODPH with Rich from 3FN in the house? We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Why can't he put you in the shark? Because you can't grapple a ghost. <laughs> Fucking obviously. You can't, he's a ghost. You can't. Grapple a ghost. Being cool, I can't. There's already a dead body involved. Exactly. Hey, fool. Sometimes when you do some crime, people die, and it's okay. We're the Broken Lords. We provide the finest actual play RPG-related nonsense this side of the internet. Follow us on Twitter at Lords Broken. 
and give us a listen on any major podcasting platform. Coming back on this special edition of the ODPH podcast with Rich from 3FN in the house, talking the NFL preseason preview. Hell yeah. Obviously, we should say preseason is done because the real season is about to kick off. Last segment, we talked the AFC East and AFC South. Now let's go to the AFC North, Pad. Yeah, looking at the uh, division standings from last year, you have the Cincinnati Bengals win the division with a record of 10-7. and Obviously, they made it to the Super Bowl where they then lost. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers finished in second place with a record of 9-7-1. and one. Cleveland Browns finished in third with a record of 8-9. and nine. Then you had the Baltimore Ravens finished in fourth place uh, with also a record of 8-9. and nine. I think this so far, being the third division, and I know we have some more to go, but this is the first division I think they were probably going to stay in the same order. I don't think that much has changed. Uh, the, the Bengals are still looking good. They're still looking at a good team. They have a facility now. Yes, huh? they do. You know, they have a facility. An indoor facility. An indoor facility. So, you know, they're, they're looking like a real pro team. It only took them going to a Super Bowl. Uh, but they, they look good. They have a great quarterback. They, they have a good offense. We saw how that clicked. Of course, you know, they have the best one-two punch with quarterback and receiver. Those two are on the same page no matter what. Absolutely. Literally, we've talked about it last year after the Super Bowl when we all agreed, and I think everybody else watching at home agreed, literally uh, maybe one second away from the Bengals winning the Super Bowl because if there's no sack on uh, Burrow, he's going to get that ball to Chase. Mm-hmm. Chase was wide open. He had burned, uh, you know, Jalen Ramsey down the sideline. There was no there so literally if that sack doesn't happen you know you can thank donald for the super bowl win because if that doesn't happen mm-hmm. we're looking at the Bengals being so they were literally one throw away from being a super bowl champion i, I think that they're going to stay up i mean they didn't do too many changes they're bringing a lot of people back there's nothing that they lost that was super big also to bet the detriment there was nothing that they gained that was super big mm-hmm. if you will but once again when you're a super bowl team if you can keep the team mostly together, mm-hmm. you're going to do well. Uh, as far as the Steelers, obviously there was one big piece missing. And, uh, I mean, obviously he was aging, but that's Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, also the fact that it's no longer Heinz Field. Yes. <laughs> uh, Egregious. But, well, they did bring back the ketchup bottle, thankfully. Oh, they did? They, they oh, okay. did bring back the ketchup okay. bottle. Okay. Uh, give them credit for that. But, uh, you know, we're looking at the uh, Maserati, baby. Maserati Mitch, mm. undefeated last year. Every game Maserati came in. The Bills won. Yes. As we talked about, because I watched a lot of Bills game with Ken M this past season, which I'll probably be doing again this year. But Maserati would come in. It was winning time. Mm-hmm. So uh, you take that for what you want. But at the same point in juncture, I, I think that they're in a rebuild phase, except for the defense. They still have probably what I would assume to be the best. If not, It's definitely a top three defense. We'll say there are a few guarantees <laughs> in the uh, AFC uh, North. That is death, taxes, and the Steelers defense. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, when you have T.J. Watt out there and everybody else, whoo. Yeah, that's right. Uh, then we get into, uh, you know, the messy, messy. And we're, like I said, we're going to break each team down individually. <laughs> but uh, the messy, messy in uh, Cleveland. Cleveland yeah. did not get better. Uh, despite on paper, they have some cool looking guys on the team. Yeah. Yeah, that's a mess. And last but certainly not least, the Ravens also, you know, they lost a great receiver. Yes, they did. And on top of that, you know, you, had, you basically have Lamar Jackson. That's it. And their defense is not what it used to be. Hence last year's last place finish. So I, I really think this is the before we even get into breaking everybody down. I really think this division is probably going to finish the same exact way. The only thing I the only question mark really is Pittsburgh. But with that defense, I don't think they'll make the playoffs. But they'll still have a decent record to finish second in this division. 
I think I think Cincinnati's obviously going to win this division again. But the interesting thing is going to be like you see in baseball all the time. You got a guy get called up from the minor leagues, goes on an absolute tear, making you know Sports Center and you know the national news and uh, you know twenty four hour news stations like, oh my god, look what this guy's doing, you know, talking about it and, and the run he's on. But then he runs into a slump, you know, because hey, you start getting footage on the guy and figuring out his tendencies and what he likes to do. You know, this is going to be the interesting thing for. Uh, you know, Cincinnati, just because obviously they had a great year last year, but now there's a lot of footage on them. There's a lot of footage, you know, so will they able to be to repeat? I think so, but I think it might not be as easy as they had it last year. You know, looking at the rest of the division, uh, I think Pittsburgh is going to finish worse than nine and seven and one. You know, I, I, I think they'll wipe that one tie and put it in a loss. And I think they'll lose a couple more games uh, because Ben Roethlisberger is gone. Ben Roethlisberger was not the Ben Roethlisberger of old. But he still kept you in some games. You know, he was still able to gut it out a little bit. You know, Maserati Mitch comes in, which, hey, he, he led Buffalo to wins. But will it translate to the AFC North, which is very well known to be a punch-in-the-mouth kind of division? You know, not exactly easy. You know, and I'm just looking at the, their team. Yeah, you got Najee Harris at running back, who's good. But then you look at the receiving core, which they got Chase Claypool, who's good. George Pickens, eh, you know, and then they've got Deontay Johnson as the other wide receiver. And then they got Pat Freemuth as their tight end, which I'm looking at it going, that's really not a lot to work with. And, and Najee Harris is good, but he ain't a Derrick Henry every down kind of back. You know, and then we get over to Cleveland. Cleveland's a, Cleveland's a mess. <laughs> Cleveland's a mess the first 11 games of the year, let's be honest. Nick, uh, Listen, if you're a fantasy owner and if you have either Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt, you're going to be eating the first 11 weeks of the year. You know, they've obviously got Amari Cooper, who was good in Dallas. Will it translate to Cleveland? We'll see. Uh, I think under Jacoby Brissett, maybe, maybe not. We'll, you know, time will tell. Uh, you know, and then they've got uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, who's not bad. David Bell is their other wide receiver. And then they've got David Njoku, who's a good tight end. So jury's out, I would say, until the second half of the year with Cleveland. We'll see what they can do. Baltimore, man, this is tough because you've got Lamar Jackson, as of yet, does not have a new contract. I believe he's doing much like a lot of other athletes have done right up until the start of the season. He's willing to negotiate once the season starts. No mas. Uh, you know, will he go the route of say Aaron judge, you know, who didn't get the deal done and Hey, I'll bet on myself and see what I can do in the regular season. I could see it happening. Is it realistic? Maybe not. Pat, I'm glad you brought up that about Lamar Jackson, because I think that he is going to be a surprise this year. I could see it. I am going to kind of shake things up a little bit from what you both have been saying about this division. I think Baltimore wins outright. Really? I think what's going to happen is he is going to have an MVP-type season because he is going to be trying to play for a blockbuster contract that he's going to be following in the footsteps of an Aaron Judge, betting on himself. Baltimore is not the same team as of old, as Rich touched upon, but they're still Baltimore. Their defense can hang with their division. And I feel that with Cleveland and their woes, they're not going to be – Cleveland's going to be a non-factor this season, unfortunately. They have all the talent in the world, but that cream has not risen to the top in how many seasons and how many times have we said this is going to be the year for Cleveland to break out, and they just don't. You said it last year. I, I, I fully admit I thought they were going to do it, and you know I stand by that. Because every year on this paper – if you look at this team just on paper, they should be a 12-5 team, 11-6 team. They should be. Not barring the quarterback situation. I'm just saying if you look at the skill players involved in that offense, they should be dropping 36 a game in their sleep. They don't. Reasons. 
I feel that they're still going to be struggling. But in this division, I think that this is going to be a tighter division than most people think. But in comparison to the toughest division in all of football, and that's what we're going to get into next in the AFC West, I think that you're going to see a lot more of a 10-6 range, 10-7 to win this division. And then you're going to see like a couple 9-8s right behind it per se. Like you're going to have everybody really log jammed in that. So what I'm saying there is I think Baltimore wins this, and I think they're going to win with a 10-7 and record. Well, well, let's go over to the Bengals' schedule, though. Mm-hmm. Let's let's start there, and I, I think we can do. I think we can. I think we can do Baltimore after just to see where sure. it is. But let's look at this. So they open the season at home against the Steelers. Yep. Then they play the Cowboys. Then they play the Jets. Then they play the Dolphins. Then they play the Ravens, the Saints, the Falcons, the Browns, and the Panthers before a Week Ten bye. They have the perfect in the middle of the season bye. By the way, yes, they do. But that is a pretty light schedule in the beginning of the season. Second half of the season doesn't really get that much harder because they play the Steelers, the Titans, the Chiefs, the Browns, the Buccaneers, the Patriots, the Bills, and the Ravens. So let's be honest, there's between week between week uh, 15 and 17, they have a little murder's row. And then they end the season with Baltimore. Once again, Baltimore being your pick to win it outright. If, if you're right and Baltimore has this great season, that could be a tough game. However, if not... They have just that one three-week section there, and the Kansas City Chiefs that are really stopping them from being, you know, pretty much a a 13-4 and team. Mm -hmm. I mean. Well, my reasoning with this, though, is I just feel with Cincinnati, I think they they crept on a lot of teams last season. They kind of snuck in there. Sure. Jamar Chase had a breakout season, obviously, and, and there's no denying his chemistry with Joe Burrow. It just depends on when you have a young team like that, how they handle coming back from a Super Bowl loss and just how much motivation that second year. Because it's very tough in this NFL to go back-to-back and still be that motivated. Now, I'm not saying they can't, but I'm just saying if I'm going by just doing the eye test, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that Lamar Jackson's got more – to prove this season than Joe Burrow does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm going with it. And I think that motivation is going to carry through. Obviously, injuries happen and such, so we got to just throw that out the window. But I'm saying right now, I think that he's going to do this. And like I said, Cle- or Cincinnati is going to be right behind him. Okay. So I'm going to say, so we're going to talk like 10, 7, 9, 8 kind of range with Cincinnati. Like I'm not saying Cincinnati is going to, you know, be a huge gap behind him, but I think that Baltimore is going to win it outright. I see the Steelers coming right behind them too. It just depends on how soon they want to go to pick it for Maserati. Yeah. And there's a lot of pressure on Trubisky to win because now he had that season in Buffalo to sit behind Josh Allen. The pressure was off him. He came in, and without that pressure, he looked great in with the Bills' offense. Now, Pittsburgh has a very different offense than them. It can still work down here, but I think that he knows that he has a number one draft pick sitting right behind him. I know that he's or he knows that if he's struggling, they're not going to hesitate to put the kid in. And then where do you go from here with a rookie quarterback? That's where they kind of can be a little little tough for him, but at least they have the Steelers' defense behind him, which is always going to be good. The Browns are the Browns. Miles Garrett is going to have a great season. Everybody else, I don't even know. So Baltimore's schedule. They open the season at the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. Then they have the Miami Dolphins. Then they have the New England Patriots, the Buffalo Bills, and the Cincinnati Bengals all in a row before playing New York at the Giants. So that means they have two trips to MetLife this year. Cleveland Browns is up next in week seven, week eight, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, week nine, the New Orleans Saints, and just like the Bengals, they have week 10 as a bye. 
They come back against the Panthers, the Jaguars, the Broncos, the Steelers, the Browns, the Falcons, the Steelers, and they finish off the season once again with Cincinnati. So they do have a schedule other than they kind of have the reverse schedule that Cincinnati does. They Mm -hmm. have this really weird hard run in the first, uh, like three-game hard run in the first part of the season. But in the second half of the season, minus the division games, which are always tough, including the Steelers twice in the second half, you have the fact that maybe Week 18 is a playoff, you know, playoff to get in sure. game between the yeah. Bengals and the and the Ravens. I could see that happening. Yeah, uh, but once again, that's it's a big gamble in my opinion. Still on a team like the Ravens, I it's going to have to. I don't know if one player can just win now. I don't know if Lamar Jackson, even if he plays out of his mind, is going to just be able to catapult them to the playoffs. I'm looking at their roster right now. And their receiving core, at wide receiver one, you have Rashad Bateman. At wide receiver two, you have Devin uh, Dervnay. And at wide receiver three, we have, I'm just making sure I get the right one, uh, Demarcus Robinson. So, yeah, tight end, you have Mark Andrews and Nick Boyle. And Andrews, yeah, Andrews has always been solid. Right. And at running back, you have J.K. Dobbins, Mike Davis, Justice Hill, and Kenyon Drake. So Kenyon Drake, who is a castaway from the Raiders, is your fourth string. So nobody there that's really jumping out as me. But once again, you have Lamar Jackson. So technically, that's your starting mm-hmm. running right. back, right? Right. I don't know about the line. The line, you have Ronnie Stanley, Ben Powers, Tyler Linderbaum, Kevin Zielter, and Morgan Moses. So I, I don't know where their line is like. There's nobody there that's really jumping out. I mean, once again, they could all be great. I don't know. On the defensive side of the ball, though, it's interesting. At D-tackle, you have Justin uh, Matabuke. At nose tackle, Michael Pierce. Defensive end, you have Callis Campbell. And then as your rush defender, because they use a rush defender down there, you have Odefe Awai. Uh, Josh Burns, Patrick Queen, and Justin Houston are your linebacker core, followed up by your cornerbacks, which are Marcus Peters, Marion Humphrey, and your safeties as Chuck Clark and Marcus Williams. Once again, there's nobody there jumping out at me as being an all-star. However, all all their stats look decent, so they're serviceable. Well, that's why I say with this division, I think they're going to be a lot more parity yeah. than most. But like I say, in comparison to like actual toughness, like great team to make a deep run, I think that's where the drop-off is. But like we'll talk about that when we get to the FC West because I think mm-hmm. that that's going to be the hardest division in all of football. Just one point I want to think, hey, uh, shout-out to Pittsburgh and whatever palm you greased. They do not leave the East Coast time zone this year. Yeah, I saw yeah, that. Yeah, that's weird. So the uh, they play Cincinnati week one, New England week two. Then they play Cleveland, Jets, Bills, Tampa Bay, uh, Miami Dolphins, Philadelphia Eagles by week in week nine, uh, New Orleans Saints, Cincinnati Bengals, Indianapolis Colts on the road, uh, Atlanta Falcons on the road, Baltimore Ravens, Carolina Panthers, the Vegas Raiders at home, Baltimore Ravens, and then the Cleveland Browns. I know that's Christmas Eve. I wanted to go to that game, but it's going to be cold and it's Christmas Eve. Yeah, The Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. and the Raiders. That would be an amazing game to go to. But I think it's going to be a, just a challenge to see. Like I say, this division – with the exception of the Browns right now, I mean, it, it's really a three-team race. It really is. I mean, and I'm looking at the Browns' uh, schedule. They open up, get up, open against the Carolina Panthers. Then they have the New York Jets, Pittsburgh Steelers, Atlanta Falcons, Los Angeles Chargers, New England Patriots, Baltimore Ravens, Cincinnati Bengals, and then they got a bye week in Week 9, Miami Dolphins in Week 10, Buffalo Bills, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Week 12, and then, of course, Week 13, where uh, Deshaun Watson is eligible to return in Houston. Uh, well, that'll be an interesting game to see. I think, though, 
it's going to be very close. And like I say, I just can't reiterate this enough. But I'm not saying that this is going to be the toughest division. I just think that there's a lot of parity between the four teams here. Maybe with Cleveland being more of a downgrade, obviously, with their quarterback situation. But nevertheless, this is going to be really come down to, I think, Baltimore and Cincinnati. And just depends on how much Baltimore or Cincinnati really wants it. Because mm-hmm. as you see, it's very tough in this day and age to go back-to-back in the Super Bowls and make a deep run. You have to really stay motivated, especially with a young team that really surprised a lot of people last season. So anything is really possible here. This is true. So that said, I'm going to go with my picks. I'll take Baltimore first, Cincinnati second, Pittsburgh third, Cleveland last. Pat? Uh, I'm going to go with Cincinnati first, Baltimore second, Pittsburgh third, and then Cleveland last. I'm going to go with Cincinnati first. I'm actually going to copy the same thing as Pat. Cincinnati first, Baltimore second, Pittsburgh third, and then Cleveland last. All right, and then last but not least, we have to talk the AFC West. Pat? Yeah, so looking at the division standings from last year, you had the Kansas City Chiefs uh, win the division with a record of 12-5. and uh, The Las Vegas Raiders finished in second place with a record of 10-7. and The Los Angeles Chargers finished in third with a record of 9-8. and And the Denver Broncos finished in last with a record of 7-10. and Rich, the mic is yours. Listen, man, of course I am a Las Vegas Raiders fan, so I'm very interested, but I will uh, say that I think you're going to hear this a lot here. This is the toughest, literally the toughest division in football, it's not just because my team is there. This is a division where two of the teams that finished with a 10-7 and record being the Raiders and a 9-8 and record being the Chargers have added a lot. Yeah, they have. Have added a lot. Not to mention there are some people out there that think that it was a big deal that Russell Wilson is now playing for the Denver Broncos, which I don't. We'll talk about that in a mm-hmm. minute. Broncos country. Let's and, of ride. course, let's be honest, Kansas – that was the worst. Uh-oh. Kansas City is Kansas City at the end of the day, so we'll get into that. But let's, let's start off uh, – you know, I'm going to be biased. I'm going to start off with the Raiders. Listen, in the offseason – where you add Devontae Adams at your number one wide receiver problem. We did not have a wide receiver. We had a great slot receiver in Hunter Renfro, who is back. But adding Devontae Adams was huge, especially because he's really good friends with Derek Carr. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of things. Let's be honest. The first thing we should actually talk about with the Raiders, though, is coaching staff. You know, because once you once we get here, we're adding Josh McDaniels as the new head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, who is the man who is behind the uh, wonderful New England Patriots Brady era offense. Uh, the one thing that Brady is, was known for is not having a very strong arm. What is Derek Carr known for? Not having a very strong arm. We saw in the preseason already that breakdown because we've gone to the 10 yard ins and outs, throwing to the running back a lot, throwing to the tight end a lot. And when your tight end is Darren Waller. Yeah. who can also line up as a receiver, that's always going to be a good thing. But on top of that, of course, you know, Mike Lombardi is now the offensive coordinator. And at the uh, the uh, at the defensive slot, you have uh, Patrick Graham as the defensive coordinator. But everybody else pretty much came out of New England. So that's a good tree to be out of, let's be honest. Like, And I know Pat can agree, oh, appreciate yeah, I mean, that. Including your backup quarterback, who's a stud. Pick six in his first career passing attempt. Jared Stedham. <laughs> Listen, we've never had a good backup. It's, it's car bust. True. He's not no, good. I know. It's car bust. It's always been car bust at this point. But actually, we have Josh Jacobs in the backfield who's going into a contract year. So therefore, I'm expecting big things from him, especially because he's going to be coming out of the backfield getting a lot more catches. Knew there was a reason I picked him up in fantasy. Yeah. But you know what? Let's float our backs here. It wasn't just there that the Raiders made improvements. It was also on defense. Of course, um, signing Max Crosby to a huge deal and keeping him there. Best uh, deal of the offseason, in my opinion. Defensive team captain. But, hey, you can't just have one pass rusher, can you? 
going out and of course all of us being from the 607 going out and getting Chandler Jones as your other defensive end he they are, yes they list him as a defensive end he's not playing linebacker that's huge so that's where he started in New England right yeah so he's on both ends of the ball you have Chandler on one side and you're going to have Max Crosby on the other side it's going to be a nightmare for the uh, offensive uh, uh blocking however the nice part about Chandler is you can always drop him back in that linebacker spot if you really want to, and then you could have him and Max Crosby rush together. Yeah, which is going to be—it's going to be something they do. Let's be honest. Oh, absolutely, they're going to mix that up. But also, we talked about it. Rock Yassin coming in from uh, the Colts, helping out in that uh, defensive backfield with Nate Hobbs, who had an amazing season last year, and going out with uh, Morig and uh, Abram and the safety positions. They just did a really good job. Now. Not to float that boat alone, let's go over to the Los Los Angeles Chargers, who are trying to prove that they're not the second team in Los Angeles, they're the first team. And listen, they added Khalil Mack as as what they're calling their edge rusher, but let's be honest, he is going to be a linebacker. Mm -hmm. But you you add Khalil Mack to this great team, and they're going to have, and they have Joey Bosa on the other edge. So instead of running defensive ends, they're running edge rushers, which is basically the linebacker position on the end, and you have Bosa and Khalil Mack. They also got Kyle Vanoy, a linebacker, too. He can cause some havoc. Exactly. My point is that they really stacked up that defense, and that was one of the things they needed to do in the offseason. They're very scary. Uh, on the other, and the other end, we, you know, the wide receivers position. You got Keenan Allen's back, Mike Williams, both veterans of the game, both very good. Obviously, I've said it before; I'll say it again. As much as I hate him at times, Justin Herbert is the real deal. Mm-hmm. He's a great quarterback. Uh, the one thing that I'm not always sold on, and I think it's mostly because of my hatred of the uh, division and being a division rival, is Austin Eckler at running back. We always have to hear how great he is, but man, Max Crosby shut his ass down in that final game of the season. What are you talking about? That final game, he was an all-star, man. A Hall of Fame performance. What That's what we kept being told yeah. by Chris Collins. I know. That but was unfortunately, atrocious. But unfortunately not. So, I mean, I know we're going to break these teams down even further, but I mean, those are, those are right there some of the things that those two teams did to make themselves instantly better. The other thing, too, with the Chargers is adding J.C. Jackson to the cornerback mm-hmm. uh, and giving him money. And also I'm noticing they've got Asante Samuel Jr., which, you know, he's coming into his sophomore year. If he's able to build off what he did last year and play anything like his dad did, he should be halfway decent. Exactly. They've really shored up that defensive side of the ball. So I'm very impressed with what the L.A. Chargers did. Now, Kansas City is still Kansas City, but they've lost some big pieces. Yeah, they have. They, they You know, they lost Honey Badger on the defensive side. That's going to hurt them. That's a mm-hmm. team captain level player. And I, I do believe that's going to hurt them a lot. And, of course, on the offensive side of the ball, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek and Hill. I think that that was a bigger loss than... Then even the uh, Chargers wanted they they replaced him with of all people Juju Smith uh, Smith They've also yeah. got uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling as well. Yeah, well that yeah exactly no yeah but think about it. Juju, Juju is not Tyreek. Mm-hmm. Let, let's all go there. The only reason Juju's there is so he can do TikToks with Jackson Mahomes. I'll say if, oh. if if you want Juju to do well, keep him away from Jackson Mahomes. Yep. Well, that's not going to happen. We know what's going to happen already. But with that being said, you still have Patrick Mahomes as at quarterback. As much as it pains me to say, it, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I would say top three. Uh, I I think as it stands right now, I've, I've said this before. I'll say it again. Until somebody picks him off, you have to say Aaron Rodgers is one as the two time defending in a row MVP. And then I I think you can toss a coin between Josh Allen and Mahomes. Mm-hmm. You could say Mahomes is better because he's had more winning, but Josh Allen is actually showing a better upside. Every year he seems to get better. And Mahomes, I don't want to – it sounds weird to say he plateaued because he has, but his plateau is so fucking high yeah. that, that he's going to play at a high level for a long time barring injury. And I hate to say that and be so nice to the Kansas City Chiefs, but it's true. Uh, but I think that they lost more than what they went, but that doesn't mean they're not a good team. However, let's get to the Denver fucking Broncos. Let's ride. Let's ride. Fuck the Broncos. Uh, listen, 
Sorry, I'm not sold on anything they brought in, including Russell Wilson. I think they paid way too much for Russ. Uh, he's going to drive that quarterback dollar up for a lot of people who are not as good. I'm sorry. He wasn't getting the job in Seattle done when you have DK motherfucking Metcalf. That's right. I had to swear there. Mm-hmm. How do you have Metcalf? They had two receivers that are fucking aces and DK Metcalf, though, on his own. Yeah. You couldn't get it done there, but you're going to get it done in, in, in Denver where you have one Jerry Judy as your option? That's it? It doesn't make a lot of sense, uh, this whole deal. I mean, on paper, this looks like a lateral move, maybe mm. even a downgrade. I think it's a lateral. I mean, maybe but, a half step. But down. you have to think about this because Seattle had no offensive line. Yeah. That's why they had to move them. Which, dog, you know, friend of the show, dog, you know, noted Seattle fan had been saying for years yeah. that mm-hmm. their line sucks. But that's but the Denver th- line isn't good either. Exactly. True. Like, like I say, you're not talking about an upgrade, and especially the problem in Seattle, which, I mean, I can get to when we get to the next show there. You had so much money riding on Russell's contract, you didn't have enough to spread out around to go get your offensive line, in my opinion. So now you're going to Denver, which doesn't have an offensive line of any kind of caliber. So you're going there. You took a downgrade at wide receiver because I'm sorry, it's not equal value between DJ or DK Metcalf and Jerry Judy. I'm sorry, it's not an equal value. Not to mention you don't have Lockett anymore either. Sorry, and, I have to apologize yeah. to Lockett fans because I didn't mention his name. I said the other receiver. I am. I apologize. Yeah, but but that, but same point. And then you're the only thing you have is maybe, and I stress that maybe with the wide or the running back position because you have Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. But Melvin Gordon is not the same Melvin Gordon that was in San Diego. Way back when. I'm sorry. So how this move is going to upgrade you to hang with this division, which is absolutely stacked, is blowing my mind. And especially with some of these so-called analysts putting the power ranking in Denver in the top 10 and Las Vegas is outside Las of it. Las Vegas and the Chargers outside of yeah, it. Yeah, both of them. How the hell do you – how are you an expert on this if you have Denver in the top 10 in the NFL power rankings and both the Raiders and Chargers are back-to-back on the uh, – I think the, the Raiders are 13 and the Chargers are 14. I could yeah. be wrong. I'm not looking at it right now. Or it could be the other way. It doesn't matter. It doesn't though. matter. They're outside the, the top How nine. don't you have the two teams that I think, in my opinion, are going to be fighting it out for the supremacy of the West Coast right now? Barring injuries and stuff, once again, I hate having to say that, but we have to say it. Right. And let's let's be honest. Let's go right into the schedule for the, the, the Las Vegas Raiders. Because I want to throw it out there, not just as a Raider fan, I'm excited. I, I'm scared of this game, but I'm excited because I think the best game of the weekend is coming at, at 9-11 at 1.25 p.m. from Los Angeles, California, as it's going to be the Raiders and Chargers opening the season. It's going to be fire. Yeah. It's going to be an amazing game. I, I'm scared because I don't know if my team wins that game, but you know what? It's going to be a great game. Uh, NFL fans, be warned. Uh, then the Raiders are uh, have their first home uh, have their home first home game on the 18th against the Cardinals, followed by the Titans, the Broncos, the Chiefs. Uh, by week at week six, which I hate because that's too early in the season. I know that the Bills are running into that same problem this yeah. year as well. Uh, the the Texans, the Saints, the Jaguars, the Colts, the Broncos, the Seahawks, the Chargers, the Rams, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Niners, and to end the season, the Kansas City Chiefs, which is money game right there. So yeah, Raiders at least. Uh, or, or no, that's uh, sorry, that's versus. And then uh, I thought they'd be staying in LA for two weeks. No, they'll, uh, they'll be traveling. Yeah, they're traveling. But here's the thing. It's a tough schedule, but it's a winnable schedule. I mean, right now, the NFL's high in San Francisco. I don't think that they're that great. Uh, the Steelers are the question mark team. The defense will be great, but can you, you know, the Raiders' defense also being great, but the offense being great, 
you know, we're going to see the Patriots is going to be a tough game only because obviously the Patriots are going to know how to prepare for the Raiders, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. I'm expecting that, you know, talent will win out. Uh, The Rams is going to be a real test and doing the Chargers and Rams back to back later in the season kind of sucks for the Raiders. But at the same point in juncture, they're a team that can go into these tough games and probably win them. Is it a harder schedule? Yeah. I have to take that into account as a Raiders fan and whether or not they're going to finish first in the division or not. But I think really winnable for the Raiders overall with the talent that's on the team between the coaching staff and the talent. The Chargers, I'm taking a look at their schedule right now because, honestly, that's going to be the tale of who wins this division, I think, is who. And I think those are the two teams that are going to win. One of those two teams is going to win and one is going to be in second place and Kansas City is going to be third. However, with that being said, I think this division could send three teams to the playoffs. Because I think all of those teams could still win plus 10 games because I think they could all split their games and then beat all the teams from the other divisions because this is a tough division. So the Chargers, sorry. Sorry, did you need some? No, no, no. Go ahead. Chargers have the Raiders, obviously, week one, and then they play the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City week two. So that's a tough one for the Chargers right off the bat. Then it gets easy because they get the Jaguars, the Texans, the Browns, and the Broncos. Also should note, they get the Kansas City Chiefs on short rest because they play Sunday the 11th. They play Kansas City on Thursday the 15th. That's true. Yeah, that's what I was mentioning. So you're going into Kansas City on short rest. That's going to be a tough game. And it's division. And then they have the Seahawks. So literally they have five games in a row where they should probably win pretty easily. This is the Chargers. Mm -hmm. Then they get their bye week in week eight, which is almost halfway through the season, before playing the Falcons, the Niners, the Chiefs, the Cardinals, the Raiders for the second time, the Dolphins, the Titans, the Colts, the Rams, and they finish the season in Denver. So I'm going to say this and it's going to sound weird coming from a Raiders fan I think that the Los Angeles Chargers are going to win the West barring anything really weird happening I think that they're going to win the West and I think they're going to have probably like because of how hard that division is I'm going to say 11 and 6 I think the Raiders are going to finish maybe 11 and 6 as well but have the tiebreakers go to the Chargers but if they not they're going to be a 10 and 7 team. I think Kansas City once again is also going to be a 10 and 7 team and then the Broncos, sorry Broncos fans, but I I think the Broncos finish the season probably no more than 6 wins in my opinion. That's fair. Unless they get real lucky somehow. Looking at the uh, Kansas City Chiefs record, they got Arizona week one, Chargers week two, Colts week three. Then they got Tampa Bay, Vegas, Buffalo, and San Francisco uh, week seven and eight. They got the bye week. And then they got Tennessee, Jacksonville, Chargers, Rams. Uh, and then they got Bengals, Broncos, Texans, Seahawks, Denver, and Raiders to close out the year. Uh, you know, so that could be somewhat decent. And then you got over on the Broncos side, uh, open up against Seattle. See, uh, Russell in, in Seattle, Russell Wilson going back to Seattle week mm. one, Monday night football. Uh, then they've got the Texans, Niners, Raiders, Colts, Chargers, Jets, Jacksonville. Uh, in week eight, they got a bye week in week nine. Then they've got Tennessee, the Raiders, Panthers, uh, Ravens, Chiefs, Cardinals, Rams, Chiefs, and Chargers to close out the year. Other than divisional games, they have it so fucking easy. Yes, they do. Yeah, that- uh, And I think, because I was looking some stuff up, I think part of the reason, I think things will work out better for Russ in Denver over Seattle. Not immediately, but eventually. Got to remember one key thing. Got a new ownership group out there in Denver. Uh, the head of which is a gentleman by the name of uh, Rob Walton, who is the son of the gentleman who founded the company Walmart, if you've ever heard of it. Quick Google search. Uh, his estimated net worth is 567 billion dollars so you got to imagine he's going to want to make a splash and get some stuff going and and win now because hey denver been a couple of years since they won a super bowl so i think things eventually will work for denver and russell wilson but right now 
No. Fun fact about Mr. Walton, though. If you do a little more research, Mr. Walton also owns the Kansas City Royals. Hey. And he has done nothing but try to get the luxury tax for them. So if you're a Denver fan, this could be worse for you because he might not be interested in winning. He might just be interested in making money. Uh, in terms of where I think the teams are going to finish, I think it's going to be the Raiders in first place. Um, all the additions they made on offense, defense, and then you got to count the coaching into it because coaching makes a lot of differences at the end of the day. I think it's going to be the Kansas City Chiefs in second place, uh, Raider, or excuse me, Chargers in third place, and then Broncos in fourth. Although, although I think the Broncos will improve from their seven and ten record last year. Yeah, Denver fans, temper your expectations because. Wait and see with your new ownership group because I don't think you're going to wind up doing this. I still think this is going to be the Raiders division to lose. I think they're going to win outright. The one thing that all these so-called analysts, and I have to say this, every time you read about a preview about the Raiders, they're not getting the credit that they deserve because with the additions that they made, with Devontae Adams now coming over in true bona fide number one on the slot, you have the legit best number three wide receiver in the game for slot running and Hunter Renfro in that offense, which, uh, guess what? He's going to be the second coming of Wes Welker uh, in this offense under Josh McDaniel. I'm going to say it out right now. Darren Waller is definitely going to light it up. You still have Josh Jacobs in that backfield, and he's going to get utilized like pretty much every single Patriots running back there is where he doesn't need to get 100 yards rushing, but he'll get 100 yards receiving on just a little short dink and duck routes. That's all Derek Carr needs to do to win this. And the defense with Max Crosby and Chandler Jones there is going to do some damage. I'm sorry. If you're not on board yet, you need to really see what this team is capable of doing. I could see them legit going a 12 and 5, maybe 11 and 6 outright, because on paper and what we've seen in this preseason, and yeah, granted it's preseason, they're looking like they're clicking on all cylinders without question. Right behind them, though, I think you're go- I'm going to give it to Kansas City. And I hate saying this, but I have zero faith in the Chargers because the Chargers, to me, are the Browns of the West. I'm sorry because on paper, the Chargers have all the talent in the world, and they've had this for so many years now, and they just can't put it together. I'm sorry. Like The games that they should win, they lose. The ones they should lose outright, they win. They're the literally the most unpredictable team in football because literally every Sunday, every, every weekend, you don't know what the hell you're going to get out of them. Like, they should be a 12-5 and team. I still think they're going to get into the playoffs, though, because I still think that that talent is somehow going to pull this off. But they're going to be the third team in that division because I still think Kansas City is going to be number two, but they're not going to beat the Raiders. They definitely are not going to beat the Raiders. Mark my words on that. I think Kansas City will hang in there because Mahomes is still good enough that he'll make Juju Smith-Schuster there very, very productive in Kansas City, but it's not going to be the same offense that he had with Tyreek Hill there. It's going to look very, very different. He's still going to put up points, but they're not going to be the Kansas City old. They're going to do enough to win against the other teams outside of their division, but when you have to face the Raiders, you have to face the Chargers, and even Denver, they're going to struggle a little bit, and I think that that's where the majority of their losses are going to be, but I still see them being a 10-7 and team. They're just not going to be ahead of the Raiders in the, in the rankings. Right behind them is going to be the Chargers. Obviously, we touched upon that. And then Denver, I'm sorry. Listen, Russell Wilson is great. The rest of the team is not. And I don't care who's trying to sell you otherwise. They're not going to do it. Broncos country. Glass rod. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. 
Uh, you know, I, you guys are making me blush. Both of you guys picking the Raiders. That's awesome. I, as a Raiders fan, I, I have to be somewhat pessimistic of the other team. But I will say this in an optimistic tone. Uh, they are coming in with one of the best, if not the best, receiving core in football. Uh, as long as Derek Carr, who has been a decent game manager in the past, unfortunately usually doesn't show up for all four quarters. If he can show up for all four quarters and have be game manager, uh, they, they're going to put a lot of points on the board. And I think on the defensive side, it's going to be a pretty locked down, especially on the pass rush. Uh, you're not going to run against the Raiders. Mm. Especially with those two big, uh, those two big behemoths on each side of the line, uh, but I will say this: if the Raiders can pull off the division with as tough as their schedule is, as a Raiders fan, I'm looking for a uh, Super Bowl or bust at that point, Chuckster. If they win the AFC West, if they have a uh, 12 and five record or an 11 six record, and they win the West, which is a tough division, that's going to be the division that probably is going to send three teams to the the playoffs, in my opinion. And all of those teams are good. If they can pull that off. I think the Raiders could possibly pull off a Super Bowl appearance. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not even saying they're my Super Bowl pick. I am just saying that as a Raiders fan, I will be optimistic if they can win the West and put together a great winning season in that tough division and with the tough schedule they have. I mean, unless they're fatigued or hurt coming into the playoffs, that should be the the playoffs should be the least of their worries. Uh-huh. So that said, just to wrap up the AFC West, I'm taking Raiders then Chiefs, then Chargers, then Broncos. Pad? Uh, I'm taking the Raiders, Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos. And, of course, I am, as the Raiders fan, I'm the one take, not taking the Raiders. I am taking the Chargers because they have a lighter schedule, then the Raiders in second place, then, of course, the Chiefs, and then the Broncos in dead last. So that said, we're going to take our final break, but in the meantime, hit us up on the hashtag, hashtag pod. What is your thoughts about the AFC North and the AFC West, who you got winning each division And then stay tuned because we're going to give our AFC division winners when we come back. You are listening to the special edition of the ODPH podcast. Hey, guys. My name is JT. What's up, everyone? I'm Darren. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Josh. Hey, guys. I'm Christian. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Dominic, and we're the East Coast Avengers. We're a group of five friends who get together weekly and talk about everything that's going on in the nerd universe. Whether you're a fan of Marvel, DC, Star Wars, video games, comics, or anything else nerdy that you can think of, we're the podcast for you. You can find us on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or whatever streaming platform you use to listen to your favorite podcasts on. You can also catch us on our YouTube channel where we release tons of content such as vlogs, unboxings, TV and movie recaps, and trailer reactions. So if those things sound good to you, then check out the East Coast Avengers podcast. We hope you enjoy. Coming back for the final segment on this AFC preview edition of the ODPH podcast with Rich from 3FN in the house. We gave you the breakdowns of each division, but now it's time to say who is punching their ticket to the playoffs, who is going to go to the big game at the end of the season, and who's going to represent the AFC. So, Pad, why don't you kick us off? Uh, So from the AFC East, I have the Buffalo Bills winning the division. From the AFC South, I have the Indianapolis Colts. From the AFC North, I have the Cincinnati Bengals. And from the AFC West, I have the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, and then in terms of the wildcard spots, uh, because I believe there's going to be two of them. Uh, I'm looking at this, picking this off. Of, oh, is there three? Okay, three. Uh, I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. As, and this is in no particular order. This isn't like in the order I think they're going to land. And this is just in random top of my head order. Kansas City Chiefs. The New England Patriots, and then the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, okay. So out of that, 
Who you got going where? Oh, I'm going to, to make it out of, as the conference champion. Yep. I'm going to say, oh, Christ, this is a tough one. I'm going to say the Raiders. Oh, Pad picking the Raiders to punch the ticket. Big move, big bold prediction, but not completely far-fetched. That is definitely in the conversation. Rich, who do you have? Ooh, this is, uh, this is a good one. All right, so I have in the AFC the Buffalo Bills. Yes. I have coming out of the AFC South, the, the uh, Indianapolis Colts. The North is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals. And, of course, the West being the Raiders fan and the only person to pick them. But I'm going to pick the Los Angeles Chargers to shock the world and uh, be the division winner in the FC West. Uh, with the wild card spots, the three wild card spots in the playoffs, uh, we already know the Las Vegas Raiders will be going. The Kansas City Chiefs will be going. The third one was a little harder for me, and I'm, I was kind of on the fence about it. But you know what? I'm going to say it. I'm going to go with the New England Patriots in the big upset. My man. And it's not just because Pat's here. I just think that I think that for some reason they're going to be on the bubble and get it done. I don't know if the North, I mean, Baltimore could possibly be there. There's a lot of people on the bubble. Uh, Baltimore's a bubble team, in my opinion, and even the Broncos. Even though we said they would be finished last in the AFC West, mm-hmm. there's a possibility that could still be enough to get them in. Oh, sure. Especially if they finish last with like a 9-8 record. Uh, with that being said, I have – Two things. If I'm wrong and the Raiders win the NFC West, I'm I mark my words. If the Raiders are the NFC West, it's, I did not pick them, but if they are the NFC West representatives, I'm picking the Raiders to go to the Super Bowl. But my actual pick, because I don't think they're going to win the West, is actually going to be the Buffalo Bills. They better not let me down again this oh, day. Oh, let's year. go. Let's, let's go, go, Buffalo. Let's go. Don't let me down. But if not, the Raiders are my pick if they win the West, though. Okay. That's a bold move. All right. So for mine... Obviously, coming out of the AFC East, I'm taking the Buffalo Bills. Not because it's the homer pick, but they currently uh, are the better team in that division as of right now. In the NFC or the AFC rather North, I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens because I'm betting on Lamar Jackson to carry his team through. They're going to be very boring in their wins, but they're still going to win. In the AFC South, this is Indianapolis Colts by a mile. They're going to absolutely do some amazing work this season, and it's going to be some of the most boring games you're ever going to witness in your life. Take some extra coffee, caffeine, energy drinks when you go to the games because you're going to need them. And coming out of the AFC West, the toughest division in all of football, the Las Vegas Raiders. So Derek Carr and company, this is their time to do it with Josh McDaniels at the helm. This is the time to really make that run. For the playoffs, though, I am going to take the Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Chargers out of the West, and I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals out of the AFC North. I think that those three teams can definitely sneak in there and do some damage. And then when the dust is all settled, see, I know what I want to pick, but I will jinx the teams because if you've listened to the ODPH these past five years, every time we've done these previews, every team that I've picked has had a major collapse. So... I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens so I don't jinx anything on the Raiders to get to the Super Bowl and I don't jinx the Bills. So I'm going to bet on Lamar Jackson. He is going to punch that ticket. He is going to go all the way with the Ravens. I, I would have thought that you could have gone the other logic, that you've been such a nice guy of not picking your team, even though they're power ranked in the top uh, five easily every time, including currently at one, which I think they deserve. But uh, – I, you could go the other way and actually pick your team. Maybe they would win then. Maybe it's just because you're not having faith in them. No, I do have faith in them, but this would be the situation. Like, I'd bank on them, and then Josh Allen would get, like, uh, season-ending turf toe. 
like walking out or something. But we we appreciate we appreciate you taking the coach role. Yes, we appreciate you being coach in this case. So you're going to pick a wrong team so we don't jinx anybody else. Exactly. That's okay. my that's my point. See, if I really want to put the curse on there, I would say like the Kansas City Royal or Kansas City Chiefs. But at the same token, like if they win, I don't want everybody like, "Hi, you knew about it. You you rooted them on." I'm like, "No, I didn't." If Baltimore gets there, like I could say, I could see them sneaking in because they're much like Indianapolis to me. They're very boring on paper. Like Lamar Jackson is going to play out of his mind. So they could make a run, but their defense, I don't know if it can honestly keep up with the with the Raiders' offense or the Bills' offense. They'll definitely keep up with Indianapolis, but I swear to God, if that's a playoff game, I don't want to watch it because that'll be some of the most boring football of all time. Like, that might be a 6-3 game, in all honesty. I don't want to see that. Nobody wants to see that except Colts and Ravens fans. But I digress. That is my pick in of who I think is going to get there because I don't want to jinx anybody. I'm not going to pull a your coach, my coach, the coach, Coach Duffy, because I swear if he says he pets on the Bills, I'm just going to say the season's done. It'll be a wash. I'll get ready for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll definitely do something for that. That being said, this is the end of part one of the NFL preview. For more from Rich from the 3FN Podcast, you definitely want to swing over to 3FNPodcast.com. Check out everything gone over there, social media links, friends of the show. So you can find us on there, the music, the Patreon, which is one of the best deals in all of independent podcasting. $1 gets you in the door. $3 gets you a comfy seat at a table. Anything else is Diesel's business, and I don't want to know about it for legal reasons. So that said, you want to definitely go check it out. It's in the liner notes of this podcast, along with, for anything and everything that is the ODPH Podcast, it can be found at odphpodcast.com. So from Rich from 3FN, Padawan J, I'm Ken M. Thank you for listening to part one of the NFL preview edition of the ODPH Podcast. We will see you next time. Gotta beat to the punch. Gotta beat to the punch. Cause they can't break.